greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and uh, welcome into the presence of the Lord. And for those of you who are joining us online, we also want to welcome you as we continue this morning with our sermon series, Hard to Hear. And uh, sometimes it's difficult to hear that. When Jesus speaks, um, some of the things that he, he says is, is difficult to comprehend. And, and we are continuing today with some of the hard things of Jesus. Uh, last week, we started our series with Pastor Randy giving us an insight into what it means to receive those things that Jesus says in his, in his word. And uh, what we saw last week is that we must be aware of uh, what we allow to be written on our hearts and our minds. And the reason for that is because we can uh, misinterpret, and because of misinterpreting things, uh, it can lead us down a very dangerous path as a child of God. So we are going to, to look at that uh, further today. Because many times we interpret things when we look at Scripture. We interpret things and uh, we determine what it means based on our experiences and based on our thought processes. And it can be confusing when we look at Scripture. It's hard to digest. And what we try to do sometimes is to accommodate what the Scripture says to what we think it should say. I don't know about you, but, you know, growing up, we used to, uh, we used to have uh, concentrated juice. We still have that. We still drink that. Uh, but I remember growing up as a child, we used to uh, have that all the time. And, and I don't know about you, but drinking concentrated juice is not very pleasant. It, 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 it's, it's, it's disgusting. Have you, ever, have you ever had that opportunity of drinking concentrated juice? It's not very pleasant. But what we do is we, we add a little water to it. We dilute it a little bit because when we dilute it, uh, it becomes more pleasing to digest. It's, it's more palatable and, and it goes down very easy because we digest the concentrationness of, of that juice. And when we look at scripture, you know, we do that many times because sometimes scripture is so hard for us to accept. God says certain things in his word, it, it's very difficult to accept. And what we do is we water it down. We water it down so that it can be pleasing to us, so it can be acceptable to us. And because we don't want to move the way God is saying, we want to move a different way. We, we dilute the scriptures and make it fit our ideologies and our thinking. So today we are going to look at some of the sayings of Jesus, uh, further sayings of Jesus. And we are taking our reading from Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. And the scripture says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for, the service, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We see in these uh, 
passages of scripture, Jesus makes some profound statement. And if we don't understand the context in which it was said and understand the context of Jesus' time, uh, you know, we, we can conclude that Jesus was a very harsh person. He was, very, he was a person that was not empathetic uh, or sympathetic or he did not understand family and therefore he made these statements. But it's not true because when we delve into the scripture, we will see uh, what it means in the riddles that Jesus presented to these three different people. What we see here in this passage of scripture is two groups of people that are represented by these three men. One group basically is those that have seen what Jesus have done, heard what Jesus was doing, and they decided to follow him. And then the next group is those that Jesus calls because he has identified them and wants them to come and follow him. But when we look at these, it can be confusing, these three statements that Jesus makes. The first statement to the man who said, you know, I want to follow you wherever you go. Jesus says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. It is in response to this guy who said, wherever you go, I want to go. What we see here is that to follow Jesus require, will require us to give up the comforts that will restrict us. To follow Jesus will require us to give up the comforts that will restrict us from being followers of Christ. In fact, what Jesus is addressing here is divided obligation. In biblical times, we know that, you know, uh, prophets and teachers of the law, uh, who are referred to as masters, um, had a group of people that would follow them. In fact, that group of people were intentional about following that master or that prophet or that seer because they wanted to learn uh, from these teachers. And Jesus was such a teacher. In fact, he was an itinerant minister, meaning that he went from place to place preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. And he had a group of people following him wherever he went. He wasn't in one place. He never stayed very long in one place because he had a mission to do and he was moving from place to place. And because people wanted to hear more about what he was teaching, they would follow him. He did not have a, a house where he could go. He did not have a base from which he could operate. He would move as and where he felt led to go. And these people used to follow him. So when we look at this situation, there comes this man, and he says, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus uses this analogy using the animals, and he says, foxes have dens and birds have nests. In other words, even the animals have a place that they can call home to go to. But if you want to follow me, then you must know that I do not have a home, and it will be required of you also to give up your home if you want to be my disciple. In other words, wherever I go, you will need to come with me. That's the context in which Jesus was speaking. To be with him would mean that the comforts of a house where they could go after maybe a day of meetings, a day of preaching, was not an option, was not available to those that would follow him because he would travel far places 
outside of the jurisdiction of what a person would call their home or their physical dwelling. And he says that such comfort was not an option for those who wanted to be with him have as his disciples. Having a physical home meant that their attention would have been to take care of their home, and this would have caused a divided obligation. And therefore, Jesus says, well, I want you to know that if you want to follow me, there are certain comforts that you need to give up. Now, whilst we are not physically following Jesus, because he's not physically here going from place to place, we are following, we are following him by the virtue that we have given our lives to him. We have chosen to give our lives to follow Christ. Now, this may require us to come out of certain areas of comfort that we have in our lives and step into the life that maybe we are not accustomed to. You know, being at home, being in the comfort of your home, whenever you travel, I don't know how many of us have traveled, but whenever you travel, it's such a wonderful feeling when you come back home because it's a familiar environment. It's an environment where you can be yourself. It's a place that you can just relax and be comfortable in. So when, when, when we do decide to follow Jesus, what he is asking us to do is step out of our life of comfort. There are certain things that we will have to give up. There were certain things that, will, that, that divides our obligation to following Christ. And Jesus is saying, those things that divide our obligation to following Christ, we must be prepared to give it up if we want to follow him. What are those comforts in your life? I cannot speak for you. You know those comforts. You know those areas in your life that, that divides your obligation to following Christ. Jesus is saying, if you want to truly follow me, you need to submit those comforts to me. The next thing we see in this uh, discussion that Jesus has with these people is that to follow Jesus will challenge our culture. To follow Jesus will challenge our culture. Here Jesus is addressing our divided responsibility. It's about the man who Jesus called. This is not a man who, who came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. It's a man that, came, that Jesus called out from the crowd, follow me. And then the guy responded with certain things that he had to take care of. Now, we can understand this in, in the context of it, but if we read it for face value, we will say, well, Jesus does not have any sympathy for those that are grieving. Not true. Because if we look at it carefully, this guy was following the group that Jesus had around him. And in the context of the culture, if a person had lost their father or their parent, they would not be in that company because they would be at home taking care of all the arrangements and going through all the ceremony of burying the dead. So this, man, this man's father had not yet died. In fact, the word there, dead, in the actual uh, translations means as yet unburied. That means they were still alive. And Jesus calls him to follow him, and he, he responds, let me first go and bury my father. You know, it, it seems harsh. It seems harsh. But from knowing this culture, we see 
that this man could have also been the eldest son, that he had the responsibility to take care of his parents. He had the responsibility to take care of the duties of when his father would die to be able to attend to that. And only when he's released from that, from that uh, responsibility, then only he's free to do whatever he wants to. You know, culture may contradict the call of Jesus. Our culture may contradict the call of Jesus, but it must submit to him if we are serious about following, uh, becoming followers of Christ. Culture demanded of this man to do certain things, and he felt that he needs to attend to that first before he could commit to the call of Jesus upon his life. In fact, when we talk about that, Jesus is actually saying, you know what, let those that are yet unburied bury those that are yet unburied. Those that are at home, those that are left behind, those that do not choose to follow me, let them take care of that responsibility. But you come and follow me and go proclaim the kingdom of God. In a, in, a, in a figurative sense, what Jesus is saying is, those who do not understand the things of God, let them take care of those things. But if you understand the things of God, the kingdom of God, you come and follow me. Maybe, you know, you are here, when we look around this room, if you're watching online, there are different cultures. There are different cultures represented in our midst. Not only, we are, not only are our cultures different based on our ethnic group, you know, you can have the, the, the African culture, you can have the Indian culture, we can have the American culture, you can have the Zimbabwean culture, all the ethnic groups that are represented there. Each one of us have a cultural background. And if you're in South Africa, we also have a South African culture that, you know, if you're brought up in, the, in that nationality, you have a culture as well. We also have a Christian culture, right, which we operate from. And, and all these cultures have good and bad things about it if we, if we look at it carefully. And sometimes all these cultures can be confusing. And if we, are not, if we do not understand it, it can, it can prevent us from following Christ because every culture has its own bias. And no one in this room can tell me that you are not biased. Because we have our biases from the culture that we come from. Because we think differently, we behave differently, we eat differently. So we all have our biases. And culture can, can keep us in our biases, biases if we are not prepared to submit it to God. And because we come from culture, from different cultures, we know that the culture of man is a flawed culture. When it comes to the kingdom of God, when those things in our culture clash with the culture of the kingdom of God, then we must be willing to submit to those cultural things, uh, the, the, those cultural things to Christ. What God wants us to do is, is to move us from one place to another in our lives. Do we say, not now, Lord, not now, Lord, I have yet unfinished business to take care of. There are certain things that keep me from doing what you want me to do because my culture di dictates to me that I need to do these things. My culture dictates to me that I cannot do this now. I cannot go here. I cannot go there. 
I am bound by the things that my culture holds me in. There are many things that are in our lives that we want to take care of because we find ourselves in a place where we are governed by the culture of, of, of man. What happens when we do that is that we get stuck. We get stuck in our culture. We get, we, when we get stuck, we get too familiar with it. We get familiar with where we are. And when we get familiar with where we are, we miss out on the other things that God wants for our lives. The third thing we see in this discussion with these men is that to follow Jesus will require us to make a commitment all the way. To follow Jesus will require us to make a commitment all the way. We cannot have a divided mind. And here Jesus was addressing the, the aspect of a divided mind. You see, the third person wanted to follow Jesus, but he wanted to bid farewell first to his family, and Jesus' response again seems harsh. You know, all the guy wanted to do was go home and, and, and you know, be with his family and uh, say goodbye to his family, and then he was prepared to, to, to follow Jesus. And it seems harsh that Jesus did not give him that opportunity to do that. But when we understand the context of it, in fact, Jesus' response to this man was a riddle. A riddle. No one who puts his hand to the plow and turns back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. In this context, those that would follow him would have been required, as I said earlier, to be at, 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 at lengthy times away from home, away from family. Anyone who wanted to follow Jesus needed to know uh, uh, that to become a disciple meant that he had to walk in the master's footsteps. He had to walk in wherever the teacher or the master would take them. The man wanted to follow, but first he wanted to go back. And we want to, we want to emphasize that, 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 that part of what the script is, is, is telling us. The man wanted to go back. And Jesus uses that, and he says, well, if you want to follow me, you need to know that following me comes at a price. Following me requires sacrifice. You cannot start following and then turn back. Jesus' response speaks to the level of commitment that one was required to make. A person could not follow halfway. A person could not realize, you know, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to follow him. And when things go difficult or things go uh, bad or things do not go my way, then I have an option to turn back. I have an option to go back. And it reminds me of the, 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 the children of Israel when they had come out of Egypt. When they had left Egypt, God had delivered them. God had taken them out of slavery after 400 years. And he was leading them to a place that he had designed for them. He, had le he was leading them to what he had promised them. And some along, somewhere along the way, things got difficult. Somewhere along the way, things didn't match up 
to what they were expecting in that journey to where God wanted to take them. And the first thing they started to do was grumble and moan. And they began to look back. You know, remember the time. Remember the time when we had such wonderful food in Egypt. Remember the time when we had this in Egypt. Remember the time when, you know, when we looked at the comforts of Egypt, although we were in slavery. And they looked back. And I, when we look at that, we realize that those people who grumbled, those people who looked back, was a generation that did not enter the promised land. It was a generation did not, that did not step into what God had promised for them because they turned back. And Jesus here is emphasizing that same point. He says, if you put your hand to the plow, if you make a commitment to follow me, if you are determined to become a disciple of Christ, then don't turn back. Because if you do turn back, you are not going to inherit everything that was promised to you. This statement of Jesus spoke more to the matter of giving everything or giving nothing at all. Giving everything or giving nothing at all. In fact, when we look at the book of Revelation and Jesus addresses the, one of the churches there, he says, I would rather you be hot or cold, not lukewarm. You know, because we, you, it's not a good place to be in. Either we give everything to God or we give nothing at all. Either we follow God all the way or we don't follow him at all. When we make a decision to become followers of Jesus, we cannot be drawn away at a point in our walk when things go difficult because we have a divided mind. If we have a divided mind, then we cannot be fully committed and therefore we run the risk of destroying what was done and we run the risk of losing what is before us. Jesus uses this analogy of the plow that a person uh, who, who puts his hand to the plow, uh, uh, that person was required to keep focus on what was ahead because the moment they start turning back, then they mar the entire process of plowing the field in the way that it needs to be plowed. And therefore, Jesus is saying is when you, when you put your hand, when you decide to follow me, when you decide to give your life to me, do not turn back because when you turn back, you're going to mar, you're going to destroy, you're going to upset the plan that God has for us, before us. Where are we in our lives? Where are we in our lives when we consider these three men that Jesus spoke to and what he said to them? We don't take it literally. We take it in the context in which Jesus was speaking. That yes, you can choose to follow me. And yes, I am a God who will call you and imprint upon your heart the need to come and follow. These are the two groups of people that Jesus, that we see in this, in this, in this passage of scripture. But what is it? Or where, where are we in our walk with God? Do we have a divided obligation or res, uh, responsibility? Do we have a, a divided uh, mind? Are we in the category of 
one of those three people? What are the comforts in our lives that are keeping us from following Christ? It's a question that we need to answer. What are things in our culture that is stopping us from giving everything to him? What are things in our culture that we have, we have, we have, we have twisted scripture, we have, we have manipulated scripture so it can, it can be pleasing to us? Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, give me everything. Give me everything. Would you uh, bow your heads with me? As we ponder on these three statements of Jesus. As we look at what Jesus was saying to these three men. We have to ask ourselves the question, firstly, Lord, have I made a decision to follow you? And if the answer is yes, if I have made a decision to follow Christ, am I divided in my obligation to follow Christ? Am I divided in my responsibilities to follow Christ? Am I divided in my mind and in my heart when things do not go the way I think it should? When life becomes tough, when circumstances challenge my faith, Do I find myself at a place of giving up? Do I find myself at a place of turning back? See, when God calls us or when we decide to follow Jesus, even though things may get tough, even though things may seem dark and bleak, but He still carries us. He's still with us. He is still helping us. He is still giving us the wisdom for us to journey through life. Because life happens. Life happens as we serve God. Life happens when we are following Jesus. But when life happens, whether good or bad, Jesus calls us to hold on and keep following Maybe there are things that you need to give up. Maybe there are things in our, in our cultural mindset, in our cultural environment that we need to give up when it clashes, when it contradicts the kingdom of God. Or maybe you are here this morning. If you are here and you have never made that decision to follow Jesus, it is the most wonderful decision that you can make because it gives us a hope and a future. It gives us a, a, a peace in our lives that this, this, there's more to this life than what we are living. That God has called us to be His ambassadors. God has called us to be His witnesses.
God has called us to be his light in this world. And if you have not received that call, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ, today is the day that you can give your life to Jesus. If you are here this morning and you are saying, Lord Jesus, I want to commit my life to you. I want to give you my life. I want to make that decision to follow you. And I know what it means to follow you. I know that there are times that I need to give up those things that keep me or hinder me from following you. There are things in my life that I need to give up. And maybe you're saying it's difficult, but God through his power can help you give up those things. you are here and you need prayer, would you lift up your hands? Just raise up your hands and we'll pray for you. If there are certain things that you are struggling with, if there are certain things that you are thinking about in your mind, how you can get out of a situation, how you can get out of things, Jesus as, as the master and we as his disciples we receive that strength, we receive that peace, we receive that restoration, we receive that healing because we are in relationship with him, because we are followers of Christ if you need that prayer if you need prayer would you lift up your hands wherever you are? And we'll just pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus. Father in heaven, Lord, we acknowledge you in this place. That you have called us, Lord, to follow you because what you have for us is greater than what we have at this very moment. Lord, you have called us to give everything to you, to lay our lives before you, to submit, Lord, everything to you. Lord, whether it's our life, whether it's our family, whether it's our home, whether it's our culture, whatever it is, Lord, to submit to you. And we know, God, when we submit that to you, you will have the best interest for us. I pray, Lord, for your people, Lord. I pray for those that have lifted up their hands. I pray, God, that you will just step into their lives. And in whatever way, whatever capacity that they are needing you, Father, I pray that you will intervene. And you will just bring your power upon their lives and meet them wherever they are. Lord, for whoever is watching online as well, I pray that you will just reach through to them and touch them, Lord. Lord, to be a disciple of you is to walk in your footsteps. Thank you. We worship you. Give you praise in Jesus' name.